Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about why I'm thankful that the Battlegrounds activity in Season of the Chosen is actually not free, and I'm thankful about that. I'll explain why in this video. I'll also give you details on how the activity is going to work. There was some more stuff that's not on the main page for Season of the Chosen. Uh, If you enjoy this video, hit like and subscribe, or check me out live over at SNTRlive.com. It's my other YouTube channel where we do the live streams, uh, but if you prefer the uploads, I appreciate the support. So, we, we got into a pretty big back and forth about this. Now, I also got into this in a previous season as well. We were combing over the, all of the announcements yesterday. We rewatched the trailer a bunch of try, you know, a bunch of times to try to see all the new armor pieces and new guns. And then we got to looking at the landing page. And we started looking at the season pass uh, calendar, and it started to get kind of confusing. They finally released both the trailer and their landing page with details about Destiny 2 Season of the Chosen. And similar to some of my confusion when I looked at the page for Season of Arrivals, I was really worried about how little the differences were between the season pass column and the free column. So if you remember way back then when we looked at the season of arrivals page I was like I don't understand there's very little difference between the paid side and the free side what's actually going on here and it started to look like another situation like like that was happening the season of the chosen calendar added to the confusion it looked like that all of the battlegrounds were supposed to be required in the season pass like you had to have the season pass but then it was listed as free like everybody had access to the activity and I was like that's bad I'm gonna tell you why it's bad and that was finally thankfully clarified by Bungie that it's you know it's not free they're gonna get like a taste of it and they'll go in one time and then after that they need to own the season now I'm gonna tell you why that's a good thing but let's just let's talk about what we know okay the fallout from the failed treaty has resulted in cabal forces taking up arms on multiple destinations. So if you've seen the trailer, you know, Callus's daughter wants us to kneel, and Zavala's like, no. So she starts to set up all these these forces areas where, you know, there's like different stuff landing on the ground. They look like big boxes and, and, and like forts. And we have to defend and go in in a three-player matchmade activity. We're going to engage in ritual combat against Kaitil's chosen warriors, okay? The first day of the season, there's going to be two two of them that open behemoth and hailstone release on the first day of the season then there's one on the edz it's titled cleansing that's going to show up on february 16th and then the oracle battleground we don't know where that is that releases on the 23rd right so the calendar for the season of the chosen it indicated that you needed to own the season pass to access the four battlegrounds and it was actually later clarified that the calendar was correct Uh, for the content while the list on the Bungie page was updated to reflect that. Now the main reason I took issue with this is that if the Battlegrounds would have been free that would have essentially meant that the only thing you got by paying as a season pass owner was the season pass cosmetics and then one week of early access to the strike. If everything if the Battlegrounds were free because the four Battlegrounds and the early access to the strike are the only things listed on the calendar that actually have the little seasonal icon. Everything else is free to play or you have the, the, the thing for stasis that says you need to own Beyond Light, but that makes sense, right? If you, if you want the stasis stuff, you need the expansion that stasis came with. Um, now, there's more details. <clears throat> how will it work? They they release details about how this will work. Now, this is on the help page. This is where I got this information. So if you scroll all the way to the bottom of the Bungie.net page where Season of the Chosen details are, all the way at the very, very bottom is a link to help.bungie.net. And there is a Season of the Chosen like help article. And this is contained in there. To prove their strength in the eyes of the Cabal Empress, players will need to challenge Kaitil's warriors in the new Battlegrounds activities across the system. You will use the Hammer Approving to forge and socket challenger medallions out of the pillage Cabal Gold for the right to take on her fiercest commanders in ritual combat. Visit the war table at, at the helm to upgrade your Hammer Approving through three tiers of pursuits that will unlock hammer upgrades new proving runes gear drops and more so the hammer of proving is a chalice lure type thing it's going to be with you you're going to be upgrading it you're going to upgrade it at the helm this 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 battle station thing in the tower now i'm not going into where i think this is i'm not going to get into that i don't know where this is i don't know if it's in the new tower the old tower or you know if it's zavala's office got a makeover i i truly don't know where in the heck this is and i don't really care that's not really important all right now helm stands for hub of emergency logistics and maneuvers it's the new base for all current vanguard operations within the system from helm all right 
players can interact with the War Table seasonal vendor, access the prismatic recaster, decode umbral engrams at the umbral decoder, manage their vault, and retrieve items from the postmaster. So this is like a centralized area where vir- virtually everything for the season sort of taking place, and you know leveling up the you know the hammer. So what they're doing is. This is kind of like the companion grind that we're becoming very accustomed to. Leveling up Varix, leveling up the Recaster, leveling up the Bunkers. This is probably going to feel very, very similar to that. We're going to be leveling things up and unlocking new abilities and things to do in the actual activity. Okay, so now that I got the information out of the way, let's get you know let's get to what's important, free or not. Like, why why was I hammering on this? Why was I so concerned that it was going to be free? All right, one of the primary concerns when it seemed like the main seasonal activity was going to be free was that it would continue to dilute the value and the incentive to even buy a season pass. Obviously, those who think Bungie is going to follow in Fortnite's you know, framework, they thought this was movement in that direction. There are people that think we're going to go 100% free to play and the only thing you're really going to be purchasing is a season pass with pretty things on it and then all of the activities and spaces and new stuff and loot will all be free. I cannot see that being a thing ever. That is a huge departure from what most of the community looks for. And I am thankful that they're not doing that, at least in this season. That doesn't mean that they don't have plans to do that eventually, but... I think this is an indication that going forward, even if they get rid of big expansions and just stick with seasons, seasons will still have a split down the middle, as I think they should, okay? More and more, it's become difficult to discern why so much is given away for free, and seasons were the last bastion of a clear line between free and not free, with the exception of Season of Arrivals. You couldn't get access to Sundial or any of that loot. You couldn't get access to Bunkers, the Bunker loot, and all those Bunker upgrades, and the Legendary Lost Sectors, and all of that. You could do the event but that sort of was the public space thing the reason arrivals got confusing is because basically the only activity was in the public space and everybody had access to it and umbral engrams were also available they just couldn't get the new loot so what that did was it really really diluted the value transmission to the consumer the idea that you paid for a season and you got access to the same thing they did the only difference was you get the loot and they don't Now, I have said NPCs in general need a system like that. If you're going to update Zavala, Shax, Drifter with new loot every season and you're going to reset their seasonal rank, all the new hotness should be grayed out if you don't own the season pass. Feel free to play Iron Banner. Feel free to play Trials of Osiris. But if you want the new loot, you need the new season. I think that's logical. I don't think it's logical to launch a season with a central activity that is one of the main courses, one of the main avenues for the new loot, and make that free. I believe that's confusing. It starts to feel like the game is being cannibalized at that point. Why am I spending the $10? I gave an example that if I cleaned your house and charged you a certain amount of money and didn't really give you the details of what I did to your house, you might be happy with the results, but you might not hire me again because it's difficult for you to discern what exactly I did. Same thing goes for video games. If it's difficult for people to discern what they got for the $10, they might not buy again next time. They might say, I'll just play for free. It didn't feel like I got what I wanted. So it's a good reason that this is not free. Bungie clarified it is not free. They're going to get a taste, but then they're going to have to pay if they want to go back in. That's exactly how it should be. People are going to be repeat buyers of seasons if they feel like for $10, I got a mountain of value for my worth. I got all the cool stuff on the season pass. I got an exotic quest. I got an activity. I got an activity loot pool. For $10, that's a steal. That's a bargain. If people start to feel like all they're doing is buying a cosmetic season pass, they might stop buying less. They might start buying less, I mean. A clear line between the paid and non-paid side of the game is important for value transmission, as well as being able to expect and ask for quality. If everything is free and we're only paying for a season pass, full of pretty things, expect mediocrity and more public event style content with no substance or value. It's difficult to say, oh, this this content stinks when they're like, it's free, we just shoved it in the public space. We can ask for substance, we can ask for death, we can ask for this hammer that's going to give us targeted loot and, and, and intentionality. We can ask for good logistic structure as well as substance in the content if we're paying for it. It's difficult, I think, to say this content's thin and boring when all you're paying for is a bunch of ornaments in a season pass. 
I'm going to continue to push for this clear divide in the game between what is free and what is paid because it's good for the game, it's good for the content, and ultimately, it's good for the consumer. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're in the live audience, stick around for that. Click join and become a member if you want to submit questions. If you're listening anywhere else, you can catch us live on YouTube at sntrlive.com. And as always, if you're watching elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This can be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the Battlegrounds activity is thankfully not free. If you're listening to this on any of the other locations, you can always catch me live on YouTube at sntrlive.com and you can show up and join these conversations and you can submit questions if you are a paying member. We are uh, taking questions right now. We got 10 already loaded in. That should be enough for the entire Q&A. We usually go for about an hour. And the first question is coming in from Chalk Doctor. Uh, With Battlegrounds being part of the season pass, I assume that means new seasonal weapons will be put in there. Do you think that means any reissues not on the moon or Dreaming City will be delegated to the Umbrals? Or with new weapons be split between the two? It's hard to know. It it, it is. It's hard to know. It seems like they're going to use the umbrals for most of the reissues. It does. They they said there'll be like a a way for you to tab over to past seasons, and the the, the main thing with umbrals that I think is fine is that it's a great way to keep the world pool populated and it gives you the opportunity to pursue things from past seasons. But they literally haven't outlined any of how it works. Like, can I go back to season four, season three, season two? How far back can I go? If I go back that far, am I getting something that's already sunset? Or are you just going to slowly refill those seasons and anytime you reissue a weapon from those seasons, it'll be in its own season tab? Like, I I don't know how they're going to do it. They haven't really outlined it. They just said that was something that you're going to be able to do. So for now, it seems seems like what they're going to end up doing is they'll they'll have the two seasons that have reissues so there'll be arrivals and worthy and the next season worthy might fall off of the recaster does that make sense but at that point i don't even understand why you would bother having a tab for seasons if there's only like one or two that you can always go back to yeah i've not read the lore yet wheezy is it any good apparently a uh, bungie posted a blog post of lore i for- i didn't actually um i actually didn't uh we, I, I didn't go, <laughs> I didn't go and read it. Oh, I meant to, but I, I didn't get around to it. Uh, we started debating DC movies. Um, so they, I was hoping they were going to go into details about how the recaster will work. We'll know in a week. We'll be in the tower. We'll be able to go look at it and see how it works. So as far as, you know, will new weapons be split between the two? I, again, I don't know what they're going to do. I think you're going to be able to get some of the new weapons in the recaster because they said they didn't want the seasonal activity to be the only thing the only uh they didn't want the seasonal activity to be the only location you could get the new seasonal weapons so who's this handsome short-haired man laney oh my gosh i'm recording an episode but i don't care what's up dude how are you yeah i chopped it man it was i i wore a ponytail for like two months and I, I just i couldn't do it anymore i couldn't do it it was driving me crazy i had long hair for five years i had um i hadn't had a haircut in 11 months I, it, so it was always pulled back i wasn't even really have i didn't really have long hair anymore it was always up so it was good to see you man i hope you're well um i did i bought the carbon blood shader i did i did i did i did i did i did uh the the, the bright dust shader looking pretty good that chrome red is nice you're good brother house things uh, you know, we're over here. We're rebuilding. We got, we got, we got good things going on for us, and uh, you know, folks are taking care of some things on Twitter for us and investigating. And it's rattling cages. It's beautiful. And uh, yeah, got a got an exercise bike. I ride it every morning, trying to be healthier, live better. You know, had a bit of a shakeup with my heart a couple months ago from all the stress and anxiety. I've developed high blood pressure from all of it. It's great. <laughs> But you know, you know, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. <laughs> uh, we laugh through the pain. Uh, but, but, to, to land the plane of the question that, that Shock Doctor is asking, yes, the, the umbrals to me are where reissues will land as well as the new weapons, but they'll be in their own tabs. So, 
Did I miss a coffee announcement? The Rageous Roast is returning. I will be able to sample the flavor tomorrow. And uh, as well as my wife, we drank it every day. And if we approve the flavor, then we're going forward with an order. And Creature wants me to open up pre-orders for you guys to gauge interest. So uh, we'll see. We will see uh, how that all pans out. Uh, skilled, uh, skilled nutter. Why not u- utilize the cryptarch for all ingrams, including umbrals? Why add another vendor when current NPCs get no love? Looking at you, Ikora. Um, I I totally get where you're coming from, right? I totally get where you're coming from. However, however, the uh, thank you, Laney. I appreciate that. <sighs> I, th- I feel like umbrals are meant to be a mechanism, not a vendor. Like, I 100% understand where you're coming from. And there's a part of me that agrees with you. It's like, yes, please, what the heck? Give Ikora something. Move her up there. Give her something that's going on, you know? You, you, let, let her focus the umbrals for you. Maybe it's some new ability she's got or something. I don't know. But I think in their mind... They, they would rather it be a mechanism that just constantly kind of replenishes itself as opposed to it being tied to a vendor. Thank you, Laney, for clicking the join button, dude. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. Always been dope and deserve dope stuff, dude. Miss you. Stop reading chat and finish your thoughts. Welcome to the party, pal. That's just what I do. Uh, people that are listening to this recording are accustomed to it. They get it. They get it. <laughs> uh, but to me... I, I agree with the spirit of what you're saying. And I've even taken issue with their NPC updates that they've outlined. I feel like the NPC updates that they outlined are purely, you know, sy- system logistical updates. There's no meat there. There's n- They need to do more than give me currency. I know Crucible people are probably happy to actually get some of the currency, um, you know, with some, as, as far as, like, the... Uh, um, uh, they, they can't masterwork anything. Like they, they have to go run nightfalls to get the currency. I couldn't think of the work. Couldn't think of the word masterwork because I never do it. So they're probably not too not too upset about it. But I'm thinking if you bring this update to Zavala, it won't make any sense. Do you understand what I mean? Like you're gonna bring an update to Zavala where I ritualistically rank him up to get um, upgrade modules and in 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 stuff for masterworking. I get that from his playlists already. So. I, th- th- building good logistics is fine and I'm with you I resonate with the idea that like dude these NPCs need some love what in the heck is going on you know, why can't they get something I don't think however I want to set my sights on the Umbral Recaster I don't I, I don't think that's ultimately what the NPCs need anyway I think they need genuine updates and, and, and genuine uh, investment pathways to, to create ritualistic grind and ritualistic incentive because at the moment, it's almost non-existent, you know? And I don't even think what they're adding is going to bring that. Yay, can't wait to go back to the tower. I finally leveled up. I'm going to go get an upgrade module. Like, what? You get those from the season pass. It's like a mini season pass. It's not that impactful. You got to put loot on there. Maybe the loot gets better. Maybe the loot gets better the more you play. Maybe that every time you roll over, the loot gets better. Give people a reason to play ritualistically as opposed to like just playing for the sake of playing. And I understand looking at the umbrals and being like, why are you giving us a, a, a machine that you, you know you could update one of the one of the NPCs with this? You know. Young Crisis Actor. Thoughts on getting the new strike next season? Does this give you hope for the core playlist getting some love throughout the year, or should this be reserved for expansions? I'm going to land on this a couple of ways. Number one, I actually like this. I said whenever we saw the announcement about not all the strikes and not all the new strikes and returning strikes would be um, in Beyond Light. And people are like, I don't understand. It's an expansion. Why would, why would you not, Why would you not put more in it? And I immediately said that I was more in support of it. I was more in support of the idea of saying, um, space it out, beef up some of the seasons so you can celebrate the fact that like a playlist is getting some love in a $10 season as opposed to a season being this hyper focus, run this activity that's new and get loot from it. Everything else, there's nothing going on. Like I always said, you got to spread some of that out. Now I know that that makes people feel like, well, then the expansion gets gutted for the sake of the seasons. 
not necessarily in my mind when I buy an expansion I should be focused on the new location the new story the new missions the new loot and the other pieces of the game don't necessarily need that much that's not the primary focus now I do think annually the vendors need some love they need loot pool updates make those playlists matter why because you got the stranger telling me to go run strikes crucible and gambit and then strikes crucible and gambit have have literally nothing in them it's like there's nothing going on here now they're not the primary focus they just get an update if they nail the if they nail the um if they nail the expansion then no one's going to care that like oh they save some strikes for the seasons it, it, but they didn't nail the expansion. So if they nail Witch Queen, nobody's going to complain that like, well, when we get to season, you know, what are we going into? Uh, season 13? So 4, 5, 6, 6, season 17? We get to season 17, man. You know, why didn't they give us this in Witch Queen? You're not going to be saying that if Witch Queen is good. The main reason we're saying what we're saying is because Beyond Light was so thin, we're like, gee, many Christmas. Did you gut Beyond Light for the other seasons? So... In one sense, yes, I think it's good to spread things out so the seasons don't feel so thin. But you don't really get to do that if you don't if you don't update the core playlist and the NPCs every year. I should not be buying an expansion, walking up to a core activity NPC and being like, "There's nothing here." <laughs> that shouldn't be a thing. That to me is like bottom rung expectation. You're annually updating the game with an expansion and the NPCs and the core activities are getting updated with it. So then when I'm running your missions, quests, and your little fetch things, and I'm going into these playlists, they're new and fresh and there's nice things going on. So I don't feel like I'm just running another chore. If you do that, then you are free and clear to say, we're going to space out some of the new strikes and returning strikes so that the seasons have a little bit more meat on the bones. You get a thumbs up from me. Cool. Go for it. But the the prerequisite is that you're annually treating the game like it's actually getting updated with an expansion. As opposed to, truth be told, it feels like a beefy season. I, I I know that doesn't seem fair because Europa is enormous and Stasis was cool and the and the quests were awesome and the Braytech facility is dope and we got a raid. You know so th- that doesn't seem fair to say, but it did. It landed like a really beefy season. It doesn't feel like an expansion. It doesn't. It, if you're not touching the core elements of the game, it it feels like a season feels. A season is a bit of a tack on. A season is here's a prop of event. Here's a loot pool. Here's here's a little bit of story. Go have fun. And that's kind of Europa felt like this giant prop up. Like boom, go focus on this. The rest of the game has been gutted of locations and loot, and there's nothing really going on. Just go over here. That's what I mean when I feel like it's a beefy season. I don't want to do that thing where like people you know, step into the land of hyperbolic hyperbole. Like, it's so hyperbolic, it's not just hyperbole, it's hyperbolic hyperbole. Like, they completely over-exaggerate. Over-exaggerate's a bit of a uh, an unnecessary, it's like saying pin number. Exaggeration is, is over-exaggeration. But you get what I'm saying. They go beyond just exaggeration. It's like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to say that Beyond Light was just a season in disguise. It just landed like a beefy season because so much of the fundamental aspects of the game were untouched. They didn't do anything to them. Oh, we got shared geometry armor? Who gives a frick? That's nothing. That's nothing. The only thing that feels expansion in Beyond Light was the subclass. It's not even complete yet. And the new destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why that's why I kind of couch it in those two ways. It's like, yeah, yo, know, yeah, sure, sure, slice some stuff off and beef up those seasons, but only if the expansion really lands as an expansion. It's got to land on its feet, and Beyond Light kind of didn't. It stumbled. Joseph Young says, "You've said before that you don't care about the free-to-play players. I don't, to a certain extent. Not to a certain extent. I don't care what they have to say. <laughs> I don't." I, I don't care what they have to say. They're not buying anything. Well, I don't like this. I should have got more. I'm, I am I can't hear you over the fact that I don't care. Like, I, I, I don't care. Now, I care that they're treated in a way that motivates purchase because I want Bungie to make money off of them. 
We don't need freeloaders and moochers. They're not good for any game. I want Bungie to win them over. I I want free-to-play players to get convinced it's a game worthy of their time, their loyalty, and their money. But I don't care what they say. I should have gotten yet for free. Like, like, literally no one cares what you think. They they don't. Like... (laughs) It's like criticizing a menu you're not ordering from. I'm just, I get the free breadsticks and I just think that you should, you're not ordering, you're not paying money, so shut the freak up. Like, nobody cares. Next, next part of the question. Is it fair to say the free-to-play players don't have the right to dictate what comes in paid seasonal format? This is the best conclusion and the most logical conclusion you could come to. They literally have no voice at the table. You, you don't have a voice at the table. Like, you're not spending any money. You're owed nothing. You're not special. Your mom arguing that your C your C grade in college was undeserved. You're that's a you got to get disillusioned from that. You're not you're not special. You aren't. You don't deserve to be handed anything. Spend the money and buy the product. It's it's that simple. I don't care how long you've been playing the game. I don't care how much money you've spent in the game. When they launch something new buy it and then if you don't like the way that it's structured or what's inside of it and you haven't spent a dime then your opinion in the in the most literal sense your opinion means nothing I had a friend who was on the fence about destiny but thanks to new light he tried it loved it and now he loves the game uh, so for me it's a good system that's exactly what I said right I care about free to play players in this in this scenario that the game is winsome and it turns them into someone who spends money that's all i care about i don't care what they think and what they think that they're owed get the frick out of here go play go play fortnite and buy 80 dollars worth of skins and 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 you know what i'm saying like i don't care what they think new light people don't matter yet bungie values them the most compared to the rest of the true players now hang on just a moment hang on a minute I don't think that's fair for a couple of reasons. The New Light player experience in Shadowkeep was literally terrible. It was abysmal, okay? Reworking that New Light player experience to actually be a good entrance point for the game is a good business investment. It's just sensible. You don't want new players, hey, come check out Destiny. It's terrible. You don't know what you're doing, do you? Like, that can't be the, <laughs> that can't be the welcome com- welcoming committee, right? Um... And so the setting up that runway was a really really smart decision. I would I would actually argue it was necessary. Why even have a free to play entrance point if the entrance point is like a rundown a rundown hotel with some weird guy behind the counter. You going to get a room? It's like no one knows what to do or where to go. So you got to fix that, you know? If you're uh if you are having free breadsticks, you, breadsticks, you can't criticize how I cook the steak for the table next to you. That's right. New Light and free-to-play aren't the same thing. Free-to-play gets more than enough to decide whether or not to purchase. Right, 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 right. They need a good introduction into the Destiny game. They're close, but it still needs work. Oh, it's miles better than it was, though. It's miles better than what it was, Teddy. It certainly isn't perfect, but holy frick, it was so bad. No one knew what to do. You just drop them off in the tower, and you're like, figure it out! <laughs> At least now they get some semblance of what's going on. <laughs> uh, you can be new light and playing and paying. But you're going to have to fill me in on how that works. Agree. I played it. Right. The problem is marketing the reworked new light experience is paid content with the expansion. Just because your new light doesn't mean you're free to play. Huh. I started out as free to play. I liked what I was playing and I immediately purchased Forsaken Shadowkeep in the season. Yeah. That to me is all that matters. That's all that matters. All that matters is they get a good experience and they as a consumer feel informed enough to make a decision whether to buy or not to buy. That's all that's that, that, that's all that matters in the equation. If they buy and they get in the season and they start talking about loot agency, depth of content, spectrum of difficulty, quantity of loot, depth in the perk pool, dynamics in the perk pool, I will listen to them and be like, cool, let's hear it. What you got? What do you think? You've played other games like this. Yeah, lay it on me. 
Well, yeah, let's get that feedback to Bungie. That's not bad. That's a pretty good idea. That's a pretty cool system. That's a pretty decent criticism. If you're a free-to-play player, I, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You're playing a portion of the game whose sole purpose is to turn you into a purchasing player, so your input is, is just doesn't go very far. It doesn't matter. Their input is only as good as their experience, and what I mean by that is their only input that's valuable is like, how was the experience? Was it good? Was it helpful? Like, was it clear? Did, you know, did, did it did it win you over? Did it not win you over? Were you confused? But commentating on like the seasons and the format and Beyond Light and what we're getting and what they should get, what should be free, what shouldn't be free, what should cost money and what shouldn't, uh, th- their input doesn't matter on that realm. It doesn't. They don't. They don't get to land on the on the on the pavement of the conversation. I was losing interest when Beyond Light came out. I didn't have any of the expansions. With that being said, after I got the expansions, I started having all that fun again. Yeah, that man, that Forsaken story is really good. It really was a fun storyline. It's such a bum the Baron fights did not get you. Oh, those Baron fights, they got to figure out a way to use those. Some of those fights are so fun. They really are. They, uh, they, they can be really fun. Andrew Carrera. From a surface level, this season looks more substantial than any previous system. Do you think Bungie is finally finding their footing, so to speak? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get hyped. Okay. Yeah, like legend, legend, uh, like legend, uh, legendary lost sectors, legendary Baron fights. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be really good. I love the Hangman fight, dude. I talk about it all the time. It comes up like his swinging light, and it was like cascading through those cell, like those, 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 like it was almost like a jail. It was like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. It was like swinging back and forth. He was so huge in the room. Oh, it was such a good fight. I remember playing it and saying out loud, "I was like, this is such a great fight." It was awesome. Um. Okay, so this question is a good question. And, you know, Andrew Carrera is saying, you know, d- do you feel like they're finally finding their footing? Right. I don't want to get everybody all hyped up, but this is how I've been continuing to look at it. I feel like in years past, the expansion spikes, everybody's excited, it dips because people are bored, it spikes again, you know, the season after is pretty good, and then it dips way low because uh, season, season of the Drifter... And Season of the Worthy, both were just like, woof, they drop real low. And then Summer's like this slow build crescendo. Everybody gets exciting, you know? Everybody gets excited again, and then they're they're ready to buy the expansion, okay? I think this year is going to look different. I feel we're starting kind of low, and there's going to be... It's going to be this steady climb... Steady, steady climb in quality. It, the, the game's going to feel better and better and better and better as each season adds on. I'm not trying to get you hyped. I'm just telling you, I, I, this feels different to me. It's like they had to rip the band-aid off. They had to kind of injure the game a little bit, break the bone to reset it. And because they had to rip planets out, rebuild systems, rebuild planets, move scripts around. And that's going to start paying off dividends as we get closer and into Witch Queen. I am not trying to hype you. I am not trying to say it's going to be amazing and light years different from our experiences of other seasons. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I feel there's going to be a more measurable trajectory of increased value as this year progresses because we're starting low and slowly putting the game kind of back on a better course. That that is my that's that's my sort of if I'm trying to crystal ball this, that's where I'm sitting. It's not hype. It's not. Oh my gosh, the game's gonna be so good. It's no. It just this is what this is. This is the instinct and the gut. Like talking about this game since uh, since House of Wolves. I've been I've been regularly creating content and streaming this game since House of Wolves in Destiny One, and that's my gut instinct. Is that they they Beyond Light was just gonna hurt. It was gonna be a it was gonna be a rough it was gonna be a rough start. We got We've literally got to break the bone to reset it. It's why the game feels kind of glitchy. It's why certain areas are kind of funky. That you know, the, the port on PC doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work as well. It doesn't you don't get as good as frame rate as you used to get because they they rebuilt the game. It's not that crystal clear port that Vicarious Visions built for PC. We're playing a different version of the game now. And in this version, they can make updates faster. I think they can create content faster. They can push out updates quicker with their pipelines now. They, they, they've they've streamlined some of that stuff. So, that's my gut instinct. That's not me overhyping next season. Like I said, I have a, I have a gut instinct I'm going to be playing more next season. 
but that doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm that I'm I'm hyping it up and I'm like, oh, yep, game's fixed now. No, 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 no. They've got a lot of things they got to work on still before I start to give them like the oh yeah, they've finally gotten back on track. There's even systems that they're adding that aren't in the game yet that I'm like, yeah, this is still not ready yet. This still feels like a concept. So. I have a gut instinct that spawns are still going to be awful next season. Oh, what? In Crucible? Next question. Dracus Pander. Hi, Lono. I love the idea of giving free-to-play players a taste of paid content to incentivize purchases. Should Bungie iterate this method in other or even most areas of the game? No. No. They don't need to. They don't need to waste bandwidth on that. You give them a taste of the new, and if they want to jump in, you make money off of them. You don't need to go to, like, old areas. Well, here, you want to sample the first raid encounter? Like, you you see what I'm saying? (laughs) That was a weird voice, but you know what I mean? Like, we don't need to... the, the, The point of this system is, hey, new product. This is what we're trying to sell right now. Here's a sample. It's like, it's like Costco, you know, that... You know, you go around and take those samples and you're like, that's pretty good. And then you buy the chicken nuggets. So they're, they're, they're sell. That's what they want to sell, right? That's what they want to sell. Could you play less than a season? Your gut feeling is likely based on the fact that you played for three hours this season. No, 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 no. Slow down, Ochi. I played pretty hard for a month. You know, (laughs) I played pretty hard for a month. You, you, you lay off, sir. Was that Butters from South Park? I don't know who it was. I don't know who that was, but um, the going into old areas and doing this doesn't seem necessary. Well, let's go give them, you know, free access to this or free access to that. They're not really focused on selling any of those old areas. I mean, I know they're selling um, Shadowkeep and Forsaken, like still as as uh, as expansions, like they're still selling those. But you don't necessarily um, have to. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go back and start doing that. That feels like wasted bandwidth. Like, go back and start working all this stuff, man. No, they don't need to do that. So, I get the intention of what you're asking. Like, hey, let's get more people to buy. Let's get more people hooked. But I think the focus is on the new stuff, always. Uh, King Keys. How do you see Bungie handling handling or handing all the different currencies that are tied with the event i.e. currency turnover and how often you receive the currency yeah I'm going to tell you right now (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now Bungie always gets this wrong they choke the frick out of the currency and everybody looks for an exploit instead of just empowering the player to go get stuff, do stuff, chase stuff and grind stuff they're like well (laughs) we're gonna choke the currency so you're gonna feel like you know and then there's always this tipping point it's like the currency gets choked they they shut down exploits that people are gonna find and then all of a sudden they admit yeah not enough currency they'll boost the currency and then all of a sudden woof we get over the hump and you have more currency than you need you just you know it it uh they, they do it all the time. They choke the currency in the first month to, to slow us down. It irritates everybody. Everybody finds exploits. They patch the exploits and they boost the payout. And then all of a sudden we have too much currency in the mid and the end. Radical rant segment is just general ranting. I mean, I, I, I've, I love ranting. That's, that's why I got nicknamed Rantman, remember? It's a play on Ant-Man because I'm short too, so it works. Um... If they don't choke the currency, I'll be genuinely surprised. If they don't choke the currency, they let's it's like their favorite thing to do. They're like, "Look at those shiny things you can go get." And we're like, oh, "Yes, how do we get them? You go here and you play. Oh, I can't wait." And then you go to do it and they're like, "Now hang on there, Turbo. You need some of the currency." And you're like, "Oh, where do I get the currency? <laughs> That's funny that you ask. Um, you can get half of a coin every hour if you go and do this and this and this and this. And we're like, well, that doesn't sound very good. I don't want to do that. I want to go over there. And they're like, well, if you want to go over there and get all the cool stuff, you got to go get the currency. And it's terrible. It's a really, really slow grind. Like, 
They love to do that. They're like, look at all the shiny stuff. And then they have this like grind in front of it. Now, here's hear me out on this. Like logistically speaking, I think that's totally fine to have like a preliminary grind to sort of slow you down so you don't just hurl yourself into the battlegrounds activity and just do nothing but that for two weeks and you're like i hate this activity preliminary grinds are fine they did it with the obelisks for sundial okay you had to get the all the obelisks leveled up and i actually thought the obelisks was the most fair okay i thought the obelisk grind was the most fair it took two weeks if you really threw yourself at it to get them maxed three if you kind of cast it up if you're playing casual and then once you did that, the sundial was your way to get the weapons, or you could grind for the currency through bounties and buy and buy the uh, and buy the bounties. You could buy bounties to get the weapons. I think the obelisk grind related to the sundial grind. I found that to be a, a good use of the idea of like we don't want you literally landing in week one and being like sundial, 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 and you're like I'm sick of sundial. It's like, yeah, you, you played nothing but Sundial for two weeks to get God Rolls, and now you, you your eyes are bleeding and you hate the event. You hate the activity. Um, So, I really hate the cyclical chase the red flag mentality where both teams are just trading abandoned flags. I'm not sh- what are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about the spawn still. You're still on that. Sorry. Um... They should have kept the Hawkmoon drops locked. What the frick is... Oh, you're kidding. I was like, oh my gosh. Call in right now, young lady. <laughs> you're getting ripped to shreds. They should have kept it locked. That'd be terrible. No. Ray Senpai. Do you think Bungie is not looking at all sides of the loot problems in Destiny? Blackburn talked only about the quantity of loot. 50 guns a season won't matter if it's not generous or intentional. Here's the thing. If there's one thing you have to give Bungie credit for right now, it's loot It's loot agency. Player agency or loot intentionality. Right? You gotta give credit where credit's due. Come on now. If you want a particular weapon right now that launched in Beyond Light, you can go get it. You 100% can go get it. There's, there, they don't. It's not like trying to get a, an IS Luna. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on. There's, there's plenty of weapons that that you can chase right now with tons of intentionality. So I don't think they're going to suddenly jettison that idea from the game. If anything, if anything, they have put so much power into our hands. The trajectory is very clear. Starting with Black Armory, then Menagerie, then Sundial, and and, and continuing on into Beyond Light, they've given us more and more and more and more control over what we chase. So yes, I I actually think that this is a two-pronged approach. You're right. Quantity and quality of the loot is super important, but also giving us the intentional means to chase it. One of the main reasons, one of the main reasons that they really have to make sure they give you loot agency is that dreaded dark, dirty word sunsetting. You can't have people grinding for two and a half months for one god roll on one weapon. You can't do that. It's you, you, you simply can't, you can't do that to people. It, 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 because with sunsetting, now listen, if, if, if you extend the sunsetting wi- window out 15 months, you extend it out 15 months, and you move away from this rigid 12-month system, then maybe you can have some of those some of those slower grinds and things. Uh, you know that, that 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 you can you can say, oh, this it's okay for this to chase a little bit longer. You know, it's okay. You can chase this a little bit longer because you got 15 months. So it might take you two months to get it, but then you get you get more than an entire calendar year to use the weapon before it gets sunset. In a system where you've got a solid, rigid 12-month window before sunsetting takes effect, you can't have somebody wasting two to three months chasing it. Now, Eugene's going to swoop in here and say, yes, but Lono, if they start adding more guns every season, there's no conceivable way I'm going to get god rolls on all those weapons in the first month, which means I'll be getting god rolls in the third month, 
which means even though it didn't take me three months to get it, it took me three months to start maybe start focusing on it. I've now lost, you know, some of the window of sunsetting. And to him, I would say, you're right. That's why I've become majorly in favor of a 15-month window on sunsetting instead of 12. A 15-month window creates the perfect padding. If you take until the very end of a season to get an item or to get the god roll, or maybe you just didn't get around to it because there's so many guns, you finally set your sights on, I don't know, a linear fusion. It's at the very end. You have a you have a perfect system now. You have three months of padding. You get a solid 12 months with that weapon if you get it at the end of the season. Now, if you get it outside the season, you can't complain about the sunsetting window being smaller than 12 months. You, you, you didn't even get it in the season of the launch. That's on you. That's on you. That's a you problem. You spend the entire season not getting it. You get it like two seasons later, and you're like, oh, man, eight months before it sunsets. You're the dum-dum that took so long to get it. But a 15-month window would be the perfect window to say, even if you get it at the very end of the season, you get a solid 12 to 13 months. You get a solid 12 to 13 months with the weapon before it sunsets. It's the perfect amount of cushion without completely getting rid of the idea of sunsetting. You know, Eugene, you got to close your book. What? <laughs> uh, is he not? He said, what does he say? He was reading and not he's, if he's busy. Usually he comments on this kind of stuff. I saw my raid gear to last until Witch Queen. 15 months would do that. 15 months would do that. Why not 18? I feel 15 would be fine, but 18 would please more of the community. No, 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 no. What 15 months does, it respects the spirit of sunsetting while honoring the player. The spirit of sunsetting is you get one year with the weapon. Right? You get one year with the weapon. That's the spirit of sunsetting. We can honor the spirit of sunsetting with the 15 months. Why? Because that gives you the entire season to get the weapon. We can't just jettison the idea of sunsetting. 18 months, it's like, well, at that point, why are you even sunsetting the dadgum thing? That's a year and a half. 15 months is in a happy medium. It honors the player's pursuit throughout an entire season while still keeping the spirit of sunsetting in the game. If sunsetting is supposed to get guns out of the design space, how does that work when they stay around for forever? Right, or get reissued. (laughs) So remove sunsetting? No, 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 no. It's necessary. It's needed. Whether you want it or not, it's absolutely heading that direction. We have a good weapon agency right now, but horrible armor stat agency. I but that is that true? Started a new job this week, little MIA. Oh, you're good. You're good. I argue for you, Eugene. When you're not here, I'm like, oh, this is what Eugene would say. <laughs> um about getting that god roll one week before it's sunset. Oof. I mean, again, you waited all that time to go chase it. Uh, it's about to get reissued, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, please tell me you watched my gameplay of the medium. Did you see it? Did you see my? Did you see my? Did you see my play session of the medium? <laughs> There's someone in there. There, there, <laughs> there is someone in there named Thomas. And oh man, I had a whole bit. It was hilarious. You need to make sure and go watch it. Um, that's amazing. Um, uh, what was I saying? I'm losing my train of thought. Don't remind me. <laughs> such a good, it was such a good bit. Anyway, anyway, um, getting it right, man. No more reissues. It's about to be recast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're recasting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. How far did you get in the medium? It's just not my cup of tea, man. I got to some guy's office and was like turning time back to open some wall. And I was like, that was the end of my, my session for the day. I was like, nah, this ain't for me. I did first impressions if you want to, if you, if you didn't watch them. My first impressions videos aren't doing very well, but the streams are doing amazing. So if you guys want to support that channel and watch those first impressions videos, when you see them hit, that'd be super helpful. The live streams are killing it. They've been doing so, so well. Um, as far, oh, oh, high set armor. That's what I was talking about. As far as chasing high stat armor, didn't didn't the Empire Hunts give you the ability to do that? I, we you don't have that agency in the raid, but I thought the raid started trending higher, didn't it? I, I don't know. I thought they set it up so where you could like you could you could buy it at the end and and get you know a, a decent uh, a decent amount. I hope Helm stays. Well, if we look at the name, okay, let's look at the name. 
The name Helm stands for the Hub of Emergency Logistics and Maneuvers. So, more than likely, here is what they're here is what they're going to do. That bald version of me is horrendous. Here's what they're probably going to do. Okay. Every season, when there's like a new seasonal activity, um, you will use the helm to uh, access the recaster, decode your engrams, umbral decoder, and all that. And that's also where, if there's like a new item or whatever, um, uh, like the hammer, that the helm's where you're going to handle all of that. So in the season after season of The Chosen, they'll launch some new activity and we'll probably use the helm, the hub of emergency logistics and maneuvers. We'll use that to interact with that activity and level up whatever the thing is that we're getting. You know what I mean? It got pretty dark and messed up after that. Oh, really? I love how all the high set armor activities seem like sub 60 drops most of the time anyway. Praying Bungie stops the drip feeding. I mean, they've outlined where the game's going. Drip feeding's not going anywhere. It's literally how the game's set up right now. <laughs> Light Leap. Do you think Bungie has a technical balancing team? It seems the gameplay designers just throw around arbitrary damage buffs to see what sticks without any clear thought or design for the sandbox. Uh, so is the helm the permanent version of the lectern? No. No, because the, the lectern, the lectern was like a stationary, uh, was like a stationary chalice. Like you use the lectern to chase particular weapons. The lect, um, the it's what was the, What was the thing on Nessus? The barge. I feel like the helm is like a permanent barge. So you're gonna go. You're gonna go to the helm, and when you're at the helm, they're like, "Hey, you used the hammer last season." This season, we've got this new thing you're going to use for the new activity, and here's how you level it up. Here's how we're planning our attack for this activity, and that's what Helm is there for. I don't think the Helm's going anywhere. I think Helm is literally the the base station for seasonal activities. That's what we're going to do. We're going to use Helm for for go here to get your new whatever the whatever the what's it do's it and you take your what's it do's it and you level it up and you go do the seasonal activity and get your stuff that's that's what i think they're using it for that's why the umbral engrams up there the umbral engrams as they said that the recaster is here to stay uh so that's what i think they're using helm for uh, Lightleaf's question about, you know, do they just throw numbers around? I would need an example of what you're referring to, Lightleaf, because I feel like they've, they, the the last couple times we've talked about Crucible, people have said they feel like the weapons meta is in the best place that it's ever been. Now, I will say this, a recent hot take video I did where I said I, I don't feel like they can balance heavy weapons. They just, they just pivot from one heavy weapon being the best to another heavy weapon being the best. And that's generally, that just generally seems to be how it goes. They don't, they don't seem to know what they want to do with heavy weapons. They just pick one to shine for a while. Now, as far as the buff to rocket launchers, I don't feel like the buff to rocket launchers is actually going to do anything. I think it's still going to be kind of like, you know, it's going to be out of the frame. They're, they're not going to even compete for true DPS contest. But I don't think they're just throwing out random numbers. I mean, if, 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 if the community is right... And the weapons, in large part, are pretty well balanced right now. Then it doesn't feel like they just throw out random numbers. I do think that the the buffs to rocket launchers are are, are they're they're keeping them they're they're playing it safe for some reason. You know what I mean? They're they're playing it safe to for on rockets, and I don't know why. Get ready to eat crow on that. Eat crow on what? I feel they don't have a legitimate balance team because they've been in trouble with balance for seven years. Virtually every person I talked to about Crucible lately has said that they feel like stasis is super disruptive, but the weapons are in a really good spot. They don't feel like there's one particular weapon type or build that is running away with the show. It's the way they make the season feel connected because they still feel separate. Oh, it's the way they'll make them feel connected. Yeah, with Helm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
Aldrin pun, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, what are you talking about? Um, most weapons are viable. 120s are strong, but not broken. Right. I felt like the one time I played, I felt like 140s felt really, really good. Um, I was getting killed by pulses. I was getting killed by scouts. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they landed on a, in, a, in a pretty decent spot with respect to balance right now. I think Bungie doesn't balance correctly on purpose. Oh, there's certainly a flavor of the week mentality with how they approach certain things. 100%. Yes, yes, yes. They, they like to have certain things dominate for a while, and then they shake things up, shove them off the table. The only weapons out of their lane in the Crucible is Arbalest and Felwinters. Yeah, you know, I, Felwinters wasn't on my radar, but people started bringing up Felwinters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they also buffed to coincide with new exotic weapons. Yeah, it's weird. They're buffing rockets, I guess, maybe because of, because of Eyes of Tomorrow. The exotics next season are likely a hand cannon and a bow. Like, that... They're not doing anything to bows that we know of. They've not said. You know? Uh, Chalk Doctor with question number 10. I'm getting tired of having exotic weapons just handed to us in either the pass or through a quest that almost everyone can do. I want the exotic part of the exotics to come back. Do you think that they should have tied divination to the battleground similar to the monarch or Jotun with the forges I 100% I 100% hear where you're coming from however for seasons I don't think you can apply this consistently they only can make so much gear and they're only going to hand you so many exotics uh, a season and it's a selling point I just I don't think your philosophy squares with what they're trying to do with seasons and I will say, I feel like with the expansions, they've done a pretty good job. Shadowkeep had Xenophage and Divinity. Those are excellent weapons. They are still excellent weapons. And they're tied to a dungeon and a raid. And then we had the Eyes of Tomorrow, right? Gotta run the raid to get the Eyes of Tomorrow. Uh, Cloud Strike was a grind, right? They gave you agency to chase leg- uh, exotic pieces of armor. Where was it? Legendary Lost Sectors. I actually think. I actually think you're you're off on this a little bit. I think they did a good job giving people the opportunity to pursue exotics in a way that does honor the fact that they're exotics. However, there are going to be exotics like Hawkmoon and others where most people just run the quest and get it. I, I think there's a spectrum of exotic delivery, and I don't feel like they're leaning too hard in one direction. I feel like it's well it's well diverse. If seasonal content staying around for a year, what's wrong with tying it to the exotic to the seasonal content? I don't think I'm saying no to what you're saying, Chalk. It's just we know that every season they like to give you a Wither Horde, um, you know, and they just hand you something dope like the Wither Horde, and it's just a part of the it's just part of the the, the season pass. We don't know what they're doing with the exotic quest yet for the Tex Mechanica weapon, so that could be tied to the event. We don't know. So we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. You might get your wish. There's an exotic quest. You have no idea what it's tied to. It, it, it very well could be tied to it. Could. But you're asking for something that a lot of people hated. People hated going for a Jotun and a, Mo- and a Le Monarch. <laughs> they hated that, man. They're like, I, don't, I can't get one. This friggin' sucks. You, I think your only chances were what your first run, your for your milestone run each week, right? I was pretty sure that's how they had it set up. It, it, I don't, I don't know. I don't think people pra- praise that. I loved going for Jotun. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. I mean, there are people that like that idea of like, oh, there's a really, really low chance. Let me try every week. It's it's like your, it's like your your white whale. You know, that's what the the Mythoclass and the Galahorn and the Fatebringer was for so many people. Those were their white whales, man. They just couldn't get the dumb thing to drop, and they checked it. They did it every week. They punched their car. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. And for some reason, some people like that. Others just don't. Anarchy, yeah. It took me 48 runs to get an Anarchy. I mean, that just to me doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't feel like a celebration. I don't know. There's a happy medium somewhere where... What I did to get the Imago loop and what they're letting us do with loot agency, there's there's a... 
there's a cocktail mixture somewhere where you take the best of both of those right make it tough to get the version I want you know because this gun's awesome oh if I get this roll it's going to be so so saucy and special but empower me to chase it a lot there, there's, there's a secret sauce there we've gone too far in the other direction now we get we just we everything we get is from a vendor give me another one give me another one give me another one and that, that, that's how we get loot now they, they, they've gone completely in the opposite direction we have so much agency that loot acquisition is a boring exchange on a screen you press a button and you get your prize we, we, we need to come back into the center a little bit give me the agency give me the controller what I'm chasing but stop giving it to me like I'm ordering something on Amazon.com. Like, come on. Like, you, there, there's got to be, you got to deliver it in a, in a way that makes it feel special. The way that, you, you know, even if it just show, pops up on the screen after the boss dies, the way Fatebringer and Vex Mythoclast did, even that's more exciting than, I just go up to this chest and hit a button, and then I'm just going to order four of these, and I'm going to delete three. I hate the grind and I hate the weapon. I won't grind for it. So no black armory for me because the activity was boring. Oh yeah, the black armory stuff I liked. I I don't know. I like to get into a rhythm with content like that. I just enjoy it. Remember when we figured out you could farm weapons in Lost Sectors? That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dust Rock Blues. I remember that. Yeah. I remember getting a, I remember going for a Dust Rock Blues. That was fun. That was that was fun. It was. It was pretty cool. Let me chase it like I did with my God Roll Warden's Law. Oh wait, I never got one. <laughs> my feeding frenzy rampage wardens is laughing at you. I never got one with the accurized rounds though. Accurized rounds was on the curated roll, but they gave curated rolls end moment. I was so freaking irritated. I could not get an accurized rounds feeding frenzy rampage wardens. I wanted I wanted that thing to shoot in the next year. Accurized rounds on a one ten was so it just it was. So much range. <laughs> Was that your Jack Dorsey impersonation? I don't, I don't think so. You're lucky I like you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Those grinds were... I actually thought they got that grind into a good place, though, Ashen. I liked going for the high score, taking our time, crafting the thing, getting it set to our liking getting the high score and then setting up the cards so we could run the nightfall as fast as possible what the frick I loved that combination that felt right to me there's something there there's something special there it's like you would set up the modifiers in just the right way to get a good good score and you want to get the highest score possible because the highest score possible affected your drops like for the rest of the week and then you'd go back in with the card set up differently and go as fast as you freaking could. I love that. That's how they should... Oh, that, that was a good system. That was probably the best Nightfall system that they've ever had with loot, with, with uh, Nightfall-specific loot. That was the best system. Motivate the player to do something intelligent, but then let them let them run it as fast as they, as they can. I thought, oh, that was the perfect mixture. It really was. I think that I think that they've lost their way on some of that. You liked it because it maintained the challenge while keeping it fun. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You have to overcome Why are you staring at me, babe? You have to over You have to overcome the hump. I'm doing a recording. <sighs> I break it for Laney, but not for you. Uh yes, you get over the hump of challenge. She did not like that chat. I will have you know. And then you just get to run it, as, and, and then it becomes fun. That's right. Loot pursuit should maintain some level of fun and entertainment, right? It should maintain some level of fun and entertainment. Now she's saying in the Discord, I'm not even home. Who's he talking to? It's interesting. What, are you watching the stream and typing in Discord? How are you doing that on your phone, babe? Busted. <clears throat> Show us what's behind the camera. <laughs> YouTube Prime. It's called YouTube Premium. You're bad at this! <laughs> uh, you got beat three times in a row, babe. No, I'm not doing that. Stop it. <laughs> this is the end of a podcast recording. This is, this is If you got all the way to the end of this recording, you are amazing. Thank you. This is, you're getting to hear my wife and I banter back and forth. 
The woman literally cooks all of your meals. I would sit down. <laughs> all he does is sit down. I knew that was coming. Well played, babe. Uh, I miss the mystery of exotics. People didn't know that the Whisper and the Outbreak were the reward for those missions. Oh, that's right. Tri- yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were fun times. Too much talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Alona was singing his insults. <laughs> I'm just slowly becoming Jake Peralta. I cut my hair short and everything. It's happening. It's totally happening. Cool, 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 cool. I'll just start saying that too. I kind of already do. Five hours, I have no life. What are you talking Don't say five hours, you've had no life. We're having a good time today. We're almost at six hours. I tell you what, that's almost an hour on Q&A. Stick around. We're going to be checking out that update to God of War on the PS5. So don't go anywhere. You're, if you want to see that and support me with that, uh, st- don't go anywhere. If you if you are parting ways, a lot of times when I end Q&A, a lot of people leave. Do me a favor and click like on your way out. Also, make sure you have subscribe and the bell button checked. Make sure you're subscribed with the bell button. Get here early morning so you can be part of those polls because, man, those comments fill up quick. And that's not something you need to be a paid member for. Everybody can take part in the polls. If you're listening to this recording elsewhere, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. That'll bring you to my YouTube channel. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.